Blog Talk Radio. Think Marriage is a ministry of inquiry for today and is hosted by Beth and Mark Tinsley. Weekly episodes present marriage-related topics using a combination of radio broadcast and audio podcast. Beth and Mark realize that they are an imperfect couple in an imperfect marriage in an imperfect world. However, they firmly believe that they serve a perfect God and they want to share with you some of the life lessons and wisdom that He has shown them. If you'd like to learn more about Think Marriage, go to www.inquiryfortoday.com forward slash Think Marriage. That's www.inquiry, the number four, today.com forward slash Think Marriage. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Think Marriage, a weekly radio broadcast podcast dedicated to helping couples grow in their love for, grace toward, and patience with one another. I'm Mark Tinsley and I'm joined on our show today by my co-host and wife, Beth Tinsley. Hello everybody, good to be back with you again. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to begin talking about the H in our Think Marriage, Think acronym and the H stands for Honesty. Now, if you remember, we spent the last three weeks talking about the T in our paradigm, time. And we said that in order to have successful marriages, we must spend time with God. That's the first and foremost thing we have to do. Then time with our spouse, and we called this together time. And finally, time with other believers, and we called this couples time, even though it doesn't have to necessarily be another couple. So moving on from time, we come to this idea of honesty. And naturally, we could jump into this topic from a lot of places, but we're going to jump in with the matter of integrity. And we call this honesty step one, because without integrity, there is no honesty. But we'll get into all of that in just a moment. And as a reminder, Think Marriage is a call-in radio show, so we wanted to hear from you. If you have questions, comments, or just want to say hello, give us a call. The call-in number is 917-889-3042. That's 917-889-3042. You can give us a call right now, and we'll take calls if we have any here in just a few minutes. But right now, let's get this thing started. And we thought that it would be logical to start off by answering the question, what is integrity? Everybody might not have a good working definition of integrity. And the, the typical colloquial definition that I've heard throughout my lifetime is that integrity is doing what's right when no one's looking. So it's that the idea of, of doing things right, even when there's no one there to hold you accountable other than yourself and, of course, God. But just knowing what right is and doing that, not so you can impress someone, not so you can get accolades from someone, not so that somebody would say, hey, you know, you're really an honest and person of integrity, but because it's the right thing to do. So that's, that's a good, I think, working definition of integrity. But if we want to get a little more detail, maybe a little more scientific, as it were, we would say that integrity is having a set of values 
uh, or standards in your life and then living by those values and standards. That is knowing what it is that's important to you, knowing what it is that you hold in high regard in your life, knowing what things are important to you. And then not just saying, well, paying mental assent to these things and saying, well, I believe these things, but taking that belief a step further and putting that belief into action, putting those values and those standards into action. And if we want to add a a moral um, uh, element to this, we would say it's knowing right and wrong and then consistently choosing right. So ethically, we're saying have values and live by those values. And morally, we're saying know right and wrong, know what right and wrong are, and then choose right consistently. And so if we want to then add the element of our faith to it, Christian integrity would then be living by Christian, God-honoring values and morals. And you say, well, where do we get those? Well, I think you'll, you'll know the answer to that. We get those from God's word, from scripture. And, and scripture clearly lays out what God's values are, what God's morality is. And it's getting into God's word, knowing what those things are, making them a part of our belief and our value system, our morality system, and then living by those values and morals. Now, we want to say right here in the beginning that we recognize the reality of sin. Romans 3.23 applies. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We realize that. And so when we say, oh, you know, consistently living by your values and morals, we realize that we're going to fall. We're going to falter. We're going to fail at times. We're not always going to be the people that live 100% by our value systems and 100% by our morality systems. We're not going to always follow God's word. But the idea we're talking about here is, again, consistency. We don't have to let sin control us. We can have power through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can have power over sin in our lives. Right. And I think that's, the big difference is that integrity is living with integrity in a consistent basis means that when we do sin and while, when we fall short, those become more and more the exception in our lives as we grow in our walk with the Lord. And as we progress through our years, that living with integrity, it just means that we're that sin, the hold that sin has on our life is getting less and less and, and more and more of what our spouse sees in us is this, integrity that's just a vital part of who we are and though we make mistakes and though we sin it's not that that is we're doing that less and less as the time goes by right and john wesley called that the life of uh, living christian perfection you know every day becoming closer and closer to christ in our walk by his word Mm -hmm. so yep so why is integrity important in a marriage we we know we have a an idea of what integrity is so why is it so important in our marriage? And just like when we talked about um, with time, how the most important part of how we spend our time is our time with God, spending time with him so that we can work on ourselves and become more Christ-like ourselves, and then we can bring that into our marriage. It's the same with integrity. It's important because it builds our personal character. And when we build our personal character, that benefits our marriage. Um, so it's so important because you need you need to come to uh, your marriage just becoming more and more like Christ every day. Um, And it builds trust. Integrity is important because it builds trust between a husband and a wife. Um, If, if we know that our spouse has integrity, we, we can trust in how they're going to respond to a situation or how they're going to handle something. Like I say, not every single time, but 
there's this general framework of trust that we know that they're going to stay in. Um, and that really is so beneficial to, to a marriage. We, we know that their actions are going to marry with their words when, when there is this, um, when both parts of the couple are working towards greater integrity within themselves and within their marriage. Um, it also strengthens the loyalty and the marital bonds. You feel closer to someone when you can trust their integrity. You, you feel closer to them to share what you, what your burdens are to come to them with your concerns. When, when you know that they are a person that's living with integrity, you can come to them with what you're struggling with. Um, if not, you're going to kind of hold that in and keep it from them because you, you can't trust how they're going to respond with it. So it's so important to those strong marital bonds. And integrity is so important because it, it decreases hypocrisy. Um, and this you know, goes back to what Mark was talking about when, in the definition of integrity, having a set of values and living by those values. Well, w- when we say we have a set of values and but we don't live by that and, and we don't, our actions really don't show that that's what we believe, that hypocrisy really can just destroy a marriage relationship um, and just erode any trust that was there or any um, close feelings that are there. It, it really is damaging. And, and especially in the marriage when you have children and you're raising your children, um, when they see that, that is so damaging to our relationship with our children because they recognize hypocrisy right away. I mean, they can see it so clearly when we are saying one thing and they hear us talking to people about one thing, but our actions in our home are different than that. And that's, that's really convicting as a parent to, to know that and to, to know that they see that. Yeah. I, I think that's so key in, in relationships with our, our kids, because, you know, we're supposed to be raising up kids, our kids in fear and admonition of the Lord. And if they're seeing us saying, oh, we, we believe this, that, or the other about God and his word, but we're acting completely differently, that's going to speak to them. It's also important, I think, in our relationships outside the home. I mean, hypocrisy is one of the major complaints people have against Christians. Why don't you go to church? Well, because it's full of hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Why, don't you, uh, re, you know, why don't you talk to your pastor? Well, because, you know, he's just a hypocrite. I mean, it's the big criticism of the church. And then imagine also, what if you're with an unbelieving spouse or a spouse who mm-hmm. is maybe on the fence, as it were, in their relationship and their spiritual maturity, your hypocrisy could lead, could be the weaker brother, right? Mm-hmm. Could lead the weaker brother astray. As yes. Well. Yeah. And I've seen this, you know, in a number of marriages I can think of where one spouse is a Christian and the other is not. And the way the one spouse who is a Christian is, is living their life. And I don't mean they're out drinking and doing all that stuff. I just mean in their attitudes and in their, their words and in their treatment of their unbelieving spouse, that it's so hypocritical. It's so not what the Bible says. And yeah, that really has such a huge impact on that other person's journey and whether they will choose Christ because, um, you know, the Bible is so clear. I mean, Jesus talk to the Pharisees so much about being hypocrites. I mean, he came down hard on them for their Mm -hmm. hypocritical behavior. So it's very serious, serious matter. Um, And integrity, it creates an authentic life. You know, Jesus wants us to be authentic and real and really have an impact on our world. And that starts with our family. 
You know, James 2.18 says, show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. So when we live out what we say we believe, we are really living out our faith and we're, we're showing the world and we're showing our family. I believe this. This is truth. This matters. And I, it's not just something I say, but it's something that affects the way I talk to my husband or my wife. It so affects the way I treat them when they're treating me bad. It affects the way um, my attitudes toward them when they're not around. Everything. It it has such an impact on every area of our life. And people are really looking for authentic lives right now. I mean, we're we're primed in our culture right now as Christians to really have an impact in the lives of our families, in the lives of our spouses, and in the lives of the people around us outside of our families, if we can live an authentic life. I mean, I think authenticity has always been important to folks, but even more so today. I mean, people are looking for real. The days of, you know, just tell me what I want to hear. They've kind of gone by the wayside. People are now looking at, hey, give me the truth. Tell me, tell me not what I want to hear, but tell me what is the truth right now? Because people are tired of, I think, fake. Mm-hmm. Well, and fake is so around us. I mean, you think of all the TV yeah. shows and all the reality shows and all the Facebook stuff and all the YouTube stuff. I mean, all this stuff that people are just making up for various reasons. So people are, yeah, their souls, I think, are learning, yearning for authentic, yeah. real people who are really living out the truth that they believe. And integrity, I mean, and this is such a huge thing. Integrity results in peace and joy and a clear conscience. And Hebrews thirteen eighteen says, pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. And when we have integrity, when, when we know what we believe and we are purposing every day in our hearts to follow that and to follow the Lord and to act honorably in all things, and that is our desire, and we have that clear conscience. I mean, there's no feeling like that. I mean, I know in my life when I have not had a clear conscience, when I have been burdened by some sin, something I've done that has been wrong, and there's guilt, and there's shame, and there's remorse, that's a horrible feeling. But when you when you are living your life with integrity and you have that clear conscience, I mean, it is so, it's a, it's a peace and a joy that just is not, cannot be replaced by anything else. And I think also, I mean, to add to that, it's just God's will for our lives too. I mean, Matthew five thirty seven says, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. I mean, at the bottom line is this is what God expects from us. He expects integrity. He expects us to live by our values. He expects us to live by our moral standards, his moral standards, his values. And uh, and if nothing else, if we're followers of Christ, if we truly believe in him, love in him, and are, are loyal to him, then we should want to follow his precepts. And right here, like I say, in Matthew five thirty seven, he says, hey, just be honest. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. You know, don't. Uh, don't try to shade the truth. Don't live in the shadows. Just be out in the open, in the light. Be honest. Be a person. of. So, you know, what are some of the integrity killers? You know, what are things that knock our integrity off the block, as it were? What What are some things that, 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 that uh, lead us astray when it comes to this idea of integrity? Well, on this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug a book of a friend of mine. Uh, Charles Causey is his name. He's an army chaplain, and he wrote a book entitled Words and Deeds, Becoming a Man of Courageous Integrity. Now, it is a book for men, but its applications 
are for both sexes. Uh, and he talks about three integrity terrorists, he calls them. And the three integrity terrorists are pride, lying, and lust. And he says, you know, pride or arrogance is this idea that, hey, I have it all together. I know what I'm doing. I don't need your help. I can do this all alone. And he says, when you get into that area where you're prideful and have this spiritual or other arrogance about yourself, you're leading yourselves in, into territory where your integrity could easily be compromised. Yep. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, just be careful. We have to be careful or else we, we too could fall, you know? So yeah, yeah. when we're ever, we're in a situation where we think we've got this together, we we're not, we would never uh, give into that temptation or we would never, that would never be a struggle for us, you know, to, to be careful because that's where the enemy that's is going to attack us. Yeah. Yep. yep. So pride is huge. And then lying, he says, deceit is another integrity terrorist. You know what? <laughs> when we start lying to others, we start lying to ourselves. Of course, the act of lying itself is an integrity terrorist. It's a killer right there. But as we start to lie, sometimes you know how you can start to believe your own lies? You can lie so much or lie so often or lie about something to an extent that you start to believe that that's the truth. I've run into this a lot with people in counseling environments years ago when I was a police officer. They were telling me something that I knew was just not true, that I knew was a lie. But I could tell in some cases in their eyes, they believed that's what happened. They believed that's what they felt. They believed that that's what they had said because they, they've told themselves so often, they've deceived themselves and others so much that the lie then becomes part of them. And then imagine how that digs in, into your integrity when you start believing your own lies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the lying could even, you know, lying is so accepted in our world. I think people just yes. think everyone does it. It's okay. Um, and, you know, the lying, you might justify it by saying you're trying to um, spare someone's feelings or you don't, you're trying to avoid conflict. Um, you know, I know for me, I, I don't like conflict. I, I, it's not something, I don't know if it's something that anybody likes, but uh, <laughs> I don't enjoy it. And so, but when we are not honest with our spouse, because we're trying to avoid conflict or we're trying to avoid an argument or we're trying to bypass a, uh, a situation or a conversation that might be difficult, that is going to erode at your marriage because that you're not being honest with your spouse. So it's really important that you're honest, even when it's going to hurt, that you're honest, even when it's going to bring up a, a painful or a difficult conversation, um, because that that's really the only pathway to end up on the other side where things can get better or the situation can be resolved. Absolutely. Because if we don't face up to our weaknesses, our lies, if we don't, if we're not honest with, with our spouse, then it's going to deepen that problem and other problems. Or, you know, I, I, there's a little saying we have in the military and that I've picked up over the years. It says, um, bad news is not like fine wine. It doesn't get better with age. Mm -hmm. And so dealing with issues right up front and not being deceitful and on best point a, a minute ago, you think about, uh, how you see said, you know, lying is so accepted. Think about the sitcoms and the movies mm -hmm. and like how much, uh, we, we make lying humorous or how much we, we make lying accepted. And, and even in some movies and, and shows that I've watched, it's almost a virtue in these movies that mm -hmm. you're lying. I, I, I'm not hammering in on this show though. I used to like this show a lot and still have watched it in syndication, but the show Frasier, they were always lying on Frasier. Mm -hmm. And of course it was done for humorous effect, but 
I mean, every show was usually mm-hmm. some major lie that we're, they were trying to perpetuate in the, in the audience and all of us in the viewing audience were all laughing about it. But you think about it, that kind of erodes your integrity and your morality over time, your ethic over time, because it almost makes it acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pride, arrogance, that's an integrity terrorist. Lying, deceit, that's an integrity terrorist. And then finally, he says, Charles Causey says, that the third integrity terrorist is a lust. You know, and lust comes in many forms. I mean, lust can obviously be the lust, a sexual lust um, that, that we all think about when we think about the word lust. But lust can also just be envy, envy for maybe something a neighbor has, a friend has. You know, a friend gets a new truck. Oh, man, I really need a new truck. I really want that new truck now. And you go out and you spend more money than you need to uh, on that truck. Maybe you compromise your integrity uh, with the bank or you compromise your, your financial integrity because of this idea of need, you know, there's very few things in life that we absolutely need. Mm -hmm. There are many, many more things that we want that we sometimes think we need, but if we step back from it a minute, we can say, you know, I don't really need that. And it, and that can help placate the lust that we have for these things, but lust, I mean, think about it, that strong desire to have something, whether it's a sexual lust to have another person or to have a, a material, uh, thing or wealth of some sort, a a job, a position, a promotion, whatever it is, if we start lusting over it and we really start concentrating on it, it can compromise our integrity, make us do things to get that thing that we might not normally do or want to do. Mm -hmm. And and I do think that, um, that sexual lust does have a, um, a a really even greater uh, effect on our integrity and who we are. I, I wish I could remember the Bible verse right now where it talks about, um, it's talking about sins and, and then it talks about that sexual sins are, it was almost like an extra, like it's, it's a sin against our body as well as something else. So it's, I think there definitely is, um, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, an extra, extra devastating effect of sexual sin in our lives. And that really, um, can kill our integrity because most of the time when people have sexual sin, they hide it. So right then and there, you're living out hypocrisy because you're saying one thing, but you're living this other life that you're hiding. Um, And then you're also being deceitful because you're hiding it from your spouse or from other people or whatever. So this idea of lust really leads to so many uh, second and third third order effects within our integrity uh, with ourselves and in our marriage. Yeah, I agree. And that verse... Uh, found it here. First Corinthians six, verse 18 says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Mm-hmm. So it does kind of seem to add a, a, a particular special place as it were for this kind of sin as being one that really erodes mm-hmm. from the inside out. Right. What it's Absolutely. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, when I looked at uh, Charles Causey's list of t- integrity terrorists, pride, lying and lust, it reminded me of First John 2, verse 16, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Now, his list is a slightly different, but the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, you know, the lust of the flesh, sexual lust and passion, the lust of the eyes, the, the things we see and want, our selfishness, our, our desires over our needs. And then the pride of life, our pride and our arrogance. It's a very similar list to what he says. 
And it's right there from the word of God. First John two verse 16 tells us, Hey, you know what? These things are not from the father. They're not anything anywhere near the father. They're not what he wants from us. They're not his will. These are the things that are of the world. But as Beth was saying about, you know, sexual lust and all the, you know, lust of the eyes and then the pride of life, these things are so attractive. They're like tractor beams. They pull us in. They're sirens along the side of the river, just calling us in. And if we're not careful, we'll go towards them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think another integrity killer is just um, trying to build our integrity or, or do any of these things in our own strength. When we, when we kind of, when we set out, it kind of goes along with pride and arrogance. When we, sit out and think, okay, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to keep my integrity up, to have a higher integrity, but we can't do it in our own strength. You know, that's kind of, it's going to kill our integrity if we try to do this in our own strength without the Holy Spirit's power, thinking that we can do this without him. It has to all be done through his power. Um, and so how do we, how do we build? Well, can I add one thing? Oh, there? yeah, absolutely. I think, I think well, as you were sitting here talking, I was thinking, you know, maybe one other that I would add to the list is an integrity ter- terrorist or killer. And, and, and I think Beth, you and I both at some level have struggled with this over the years, but I think we've both started, we've both largely moved away from this is people pleasing. Mm-hmm. I think people pleasing yes. can be a very, uh, uh, can really get inside of us and tear us up from the inside out because your desire to please people can overwhelm your, de- your desire as it were, to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you're a people pleasing type of person out there, you really need to look at that as an integrity killer Mm -hmm. or a potential integrity killer. You know, I think by the grace of God, Beth and I both probably avoided major integrity violations years ago when we were younger and, and we're probably more people pleasing than we'd want to be. But it's only by the grace of God that we didn't do something extremely stupid, you know, and Mm -hmm. violate our integrity in some way to, you know, in some kind of financial, you know, whatever, you know, it would be. Uh, but I think people pleasing is, has the potential to really tear us up. Absolutely. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, so how do we build our integrity? So like we've talked about when we talked about time and earlier in this message, we have to build it first in ourselves. We always have to start with ourselves. We can't look at our spouse and say, oh, wow, they have a really bad integrity problem. We have to uh, deal with the plank in our own eye before we look at the speck in someone else's eye. So we really need to ask the Lord, go before him and say, oh, you know, okay, Lord, shine the light of your truth into my heart, into my mind, into my soul. Show me where I am lacking in integrity. Show me where I am going wrong. What do I need to work on? And then seek him in prayer read his word, allow him to let it sink into your heart and show you where you have integrity issues, because it might be in an area that you're not even thinking about. It might be in something that you think is just small, but in God's kingdom, small things, you know, the, the, the little bit of yeast that gets in bread, the Bible talks about and spreads throughout the whole little bit of sin. That's just like a little yeast in dough and it makes the whole dough rise. That's how sin is. Even a little bit of sin in our lives, we think it's not a big deal, but it will spread and it will affect other areas within our lives and in our marriages. Yeah, it's kind of like an infection. You know, good thing the doctors don't say, well, it's just a little spot of an infection mm-hmm. in, in your incision. Don't worry about that. It's just a little spot. Well, we all know that a little spot gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And suddenly the, the infection, the wound has become gangrenous and you're having to amputate the leg or That's the arm. Right. And yeah, little things grow to bigger things if we're not careful. That's right. So be open to the Lord, what he shows you within yourself that you need to surrender to him 
and ask him to change within yourself so that you are living with integrity in all areas of your life. And then we work on it in our marriage and we do this a big way through transparency, being real and open with our spouse about our struggles, being real and open with them about the things that we see that aren't working, um, that nothing can change in our marriage without transparency. And I think, but in, you know, Beth, I think you would agree with this. You know, we've had our struggles in mm-hmm. our marriage, and but I think one of the reasons that we're still sitting here today in what I would consider a healthy marriage is that we have no secrets, really. Right. I don't think. Right. I mean, you know my struggles. I know your struggles. We've struggled with things together. And so, there, you know, there's no veil between you and mm-hmm. me. There's no deceit. I'm not running off and doing things and not telling you and you're not running off doing things and not telling me. I mean, we know what each other's doing. Right. Yeah, it does. It has a huge effect when you, it makes it, it builds that oneness, that feeling of oneness um, that is so important to integrity and to a healthy marriage. And then kind of outside the marriage then, but something that helps our marriage and helps our own integrity is that we have to build accountability structures into our lives. And that's, accountability with our spouse. It's, um, it could be an accountability partner that's a, a trusted friend, a close, godly, Christ-like friend, or someone in your church, a trusted mentor, someone that's older than you, that, that you see in their life, um, a life that you want to emulate because you see Christ in them, someone who can come alongside you. Um, all those things can really help us, those people can really help to keep us accountable because it's somebody else speaking God's truth into our lives and somebody else from the outside looking in and saying, okay, you might not see this, but this is what I'm seeing. And let's, let's talk about this. And, um, and of course, God's word is an accountability structure. We have to be in God's word. That's, that's the biggest thing probably that, that we need in this area is we need God word that's living and active. We need it working in our lives and speaking to us, God speaking to us through it so that we can see areas that we need to change in. And then there are also very practical things that we can do for accountability besides people and God's word. You know, there's very practical things. If, if you're a person that struggles with pornography or inappropriate things, inappropriate movies, TV shows, get a block on your internet, you know, the Bible says, you know, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If, you know, things like that, basically just saying, do what you need to do to help you stay on the right path. Don't put yourself in a tempta- temptating, is that a word, temptating sure. <laughs> situation. Attempting, I think. Attempting, thank you. <laughs> Attempting situation um, where you're setting yourself up for failure. Set yourself up for success and, and put blocks and situations in place that are going to keep you walking on the right path. And I think that's just so crucial. And, you know, I I won't give you the brand name because we're not here to advertise, but Mm -hmm. we recently got a new router for our home uh, Wi-Fi system. And it was on recommendation of a relative of mine. And and it blocks all the negative comments on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It blocks negative, you know, inappropriate, uh, web addresses and, and, and everything so that our kids and ourselves, you know, don't happen upon uh, an inappropriate site. And I think you know, that is such an important thing. And, and then I love your point about avoiding tempting environments. 
Um, I've had this conversation quite a bit over the years with soldiers in counseling environments, um, just telling them, you know, listen, especially on deployments, it's like, okay, you know, you're away from your spouse. Mm -hmm. There are folks of the opposite sex here. It's, it could be very easy Mm -hmm. in your loneliness and your, and in your, you know, your temptation to do something you'd regret. So don't even put yourself in this situation. Don't, don't find yourself alone in a room Mm -hmm. with the opposite sex. Don't find yourself on a long walk somewhere with some of the opposite sex, you know, don't find yourself, um, you know, whatever in alone with somebody in the opposite sex, apply the Billy Graham philosophy in that if you're with anybody with the opposite sex, you're in a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just helps you to avoid those environments. Right. And this is for whatever, whatever temptation you're right. facing that's, that's in affecting your integrity. If you are prone to gossip, if, if gossip is something that you do and you know it erodes your integrity, it's against what the Lord says, you're slandering someone else, you're not putting someone else's needs in front of your own, that's an integrity issue. So don't put yourself in situations where you're going to be prone to gossip. Don't hang out in situations. If you're a woman, don't be with other women who are big gossipers because you are going to be tempted to gossip along with them. Whatever, so whatever the issues are that you are struggling with that are affecting your integrity, think about the situations that you are more prone to give into that and then build things into your life that it help you to avoid those situations. You know, the Bible tells us to flee from sin. Don't sit and wallow in it and put yourself in places where you're going to add more temptation than that's already going to come in life. To set yourself up to be held accountable and to follow God's word. Yeah. And I, I want to just, yeah, I just want to go back real quick on the accountability partner. I think accountability partners are such uh, a necessary thing. And sometimes that accountability partner can be your spouse mm-hmm. if you have a really close and open and transparent relationship. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes it's good to have somebody of the same sex who's the accountability. You, you make, I, I would stress that same sex mm-hmm. to be your accountability partner. Um, because like Beth said, it's a, someone hopefully older with some wisdom or at least wisdom that maybe you, you aspire to that can just say, Hey, listen, these are the things you need to think about. These are the controls you need to put in your life. For example, I won't say the name of the person, but I had a semi mentor many years ago now who gave me the idea of putting blocks on your internet. Mm-hmm. He was struggling with pornography. And he said, you know, one of the things that he did, he said, one of the things that I did to help do it, he said, was put a block on my internet. So I couldn't get on. And I thought, man, that's a, you know, that's a really good idea. And I've used that counsel for people a lot over the years, especially soldiers and people in the military who might be struggling with that. People I've counseled with in the church, Hey, put a block. And then we did that on our own internet, particularly for our kids. Um, so that they wouldn't happen upon things, but it is a great, that's a very practical level piece of advice that's very, very effective. So things like that, just being innovative, thinking outside the box, thinking of ways to just keep yourself out of the realm as much as you can of temptation, especially in, I think Beth said this, in the areas where you are most tempted. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. So folks, that's, uh, that's kind of the extent of what we want to talk about today. I mean, integrity is really honesty's step one. I mean, you, if you want to be a person of uh, of honesty, then then you need to be a person of integrity. They they go hand in hand, and like we did with time, we're going to be talking over the next two weeks about two more aspects of the H in our Think acronym. And so we hope you'll join us for our next show. 
which is going to be uh, Friday, April the 26th, I believe it is, at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And as you can tell, we're going through this THINK acronym. We want you to be a part of this. If you haven't listened to our past shows, there's three, well, four past shows if you want to uh, count our introductory show, but go back, listen to these shows. I think you'll see what we're trying to do. I think you'll, you'll start to see the model that we're putting together here and, and keep up with us. Cause once we get up through all five of these letters in the think acronym, I think you'll see that it's kind of a holistic picture of what we need to do. If we want to live successful, God honoring uh, marriages. And that's what we all want. If you're listening to this show now, that's what you want. You want your life with your spouse to be something that is uh, something you can look back on after 20, 30, 40, 50 years together, whatever it is, and say, you know, we didn't do it perfectly, but we did it well. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody listening that says, oh, I'm satisfied with just the ho-hum or, you know, just how things are. We we all want something better and we want more joy and we want more of the peace and the abundant life that God promises. And so, We've just, yeah, like Mark said, we've put these together to help, to hopefully help you things that have helped us, that the Lord has shown us. It's not an exhaustive list, but it's like Mark said, it's kind of like a holistic. We try to touch on all the different things that come into play when when you're dealing with two people of varying personalities and temperaments and um, sinful tendencies and everything. But when you, when you bring it all together and Christ is at the center of it, it, it can be really rewarding and fulfilling. Absolutely. So again, join us next week. Uh, April 26th, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here. Of course, we record each one of these. So if you can't catch us live, catch us in the recording. And we will see you next week. Have a great week. God bless.